Hello, new B2B marketers. Welcome back to the Marketing Bound podcast, where we help you look great at work. And how do we do that? We offer tangible marketing tips, help you boost your confidence in your skills, and give you access to the greatest minds in the industry. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhard, and today, I have a new kind of episode for you guys. I told you I wanted to introduce you to my world as director of marketing at Assurance IT, a cybersecurity firm. And today is the first episode where I'm going to tell you what I've been up to. There have been so many things going on in the last five months, and I kind of narrowed it down to a few projects that nobody really knows that I'm working on, but I'm going to tell you guys. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Okay, so I have seven projects on my list that I want to talk to you guys about. Now, everything is going to seem like everything is going so smoothly and perfectly, but don't think that. I was working on other projects as well that didn't go as planned or I just realized wasn't worth our time and effort at the time. And so I had to bail on those and then have like a different focus. So my new focus is kind of this list that I'm going to present to you guys. I don't want this episode to be 45 minutes long, so I'm trying not to talk too much about each project, but if you like a certain project, definitely reach out and let me know if you want me to go into more detail about one. So the first one is starting a podcast. I had this idea that we were going to interview one of our personas for our podcasts, right? A lot of business podcasts do that. They make it so that their their guests are their target audiences. And the reason for that is because podcasts are a great reason to reach out to somebody saying, hey, you have all of this knowledge in this industry. We see you as an expert. Can you come on our podcast and share your knowledge? Who wouldn't be flattered, right? So that's a really easy way to start talking to your target audience. But then another great reason for a podcast is once you get them on Zoom for a half an hour, an hour, whatever it is, you don't actually only have them for the time of the interview. You have them before, you have to exchange emails with them before and after. There's kind of this whole relationship that you're building. And that is a great way to vet these people to see if they are good potential clients, but also for them to vet you to see, hey, do I want to work with this person in the future? Or if I do need them in the future, should I be working with them? So it's a great way to accelerate relationships in a time when it's actually very hard to meet people in person. And with my own podcast, I've met Oh my God, I've met so many people while we were all stuck at home, more people than I ever have in business. So I approached upper management at my company, the co-founders, and I said, we should start a podcast. And I was like, yeah, we're going to reach out to people. It's going to be so amazing. We're going to launch by February. And guess what? That did not happen. 
because the people that we're reaching out to or personas are very, very busy. And so by February, I don't think we had any interviews done. And I was like, okay, I still think having a podcast is really important and something we absolutely need to try. So now we're in May. I think we have five episodes completed, which is great, a great start. But you always want to have about like 10 to 15 before you launch, especially if you're launching every single week, you quickly run out of episodes. So this is very much a project that is in the works and is taking a lot of time um, in terms of like the calendar year, not necessarily the time we're putting into it yet. But I still think it's very, very worth all of this energy because if we can actually get our target personas on a Zoom call for half an hour, an hour, that's amazing. That's so amazing. And then obviously we're shining light on these potential target audiences, which make us look good, which makes them look good. And we have content and we have these relationships. Like there's just, there's just so much amazing things that can go on. And that is why I am still pushing this project, even though we haven't officially launched yet. So that's one of the projects kind of happening in the background. And that kind of leads me into another project that I started as soon as I started this role. And that was to niche down. Now, I actually spoke about this a little bit in the 100th episode, so the one right before this. And there are two things that we needed to do to niche down. One, determine what industries we wanted to focus on. And two, what products we wanted to focus on or solutions rather. Now, this is very important because when I started my role, we were targeting 25 industries and had 15 products. Now, obviously the sales team weren't focused on all of them, but they weren't focused on the same ones. And I was like, well, that's a problem because as a marketer and I'm a solo marketer for those For those of you who don't know, like I'm the director of marketing, but it is my job to get results and then to build out the marketing team. So that's also why I'm trying things that are actually very different than industry standards, like the podcast, but then niching down, like that's essential. So going back to niching down, we did a huge activity where I did all kinds of research with the help of an intern on all of the industries, on what their budgets are like, how much they spent in IT, what their current knowledge of was of IT, uh, on cybersecurity, if they cared about cybersecurity, et cetera, et cetera. I gathered upper management and sales together. We had a few meetings and we chose three industries and that is manufacturing, transportation, and construction. Now, right now, I don't have any results for you to say like, oh my God, this is so amazing because everything is kind of still in the works. And the reason I say that is because we also niche down on two products and that it well, two areas, which is data protection and data privacy. And now here's the interesting things. By narrowing this down, our messaging became so much clearer and we had a little uptick of getting customers 
However, we have noticed that they have not all been within those three industries that I just mentioned to you. So now I'm like, whoa. So kind of part of the niching down worked because we're very focused on these two products. But then the industries that we chose are not necessarily the ones that are aligning with what's actually working, which is very interesting because we chose those industries because we have previous experience with them, right? That was like part of the reason. Anyway, all that to say, that is definitely an ongoing project as well. So we're still trying to figure out this product market fit. Like where does Assurance IT fit within the cybersecurity world? And you're wondering like, well, how's that possible? Usually it's startups that are really focused on product market fit. Well, last year, the co-founders kind of changed the company entirely. They only had one product. They only dealt with like smaller companies. And then all of a sudden they got a bunch of new customers. They added 14 products. They hired a bunch of people, like just the company changed in general. And so when you have a massive change like that, you have to realign. And so when I started, the the realignment had just started, but it wasn't fully there. And to this day, because now we're testing our niching down activity, we still haven't fully aligned. We're st- we still haven't identified that product market fit. Where do we fit in? Where do we stand out especially? So that is definitely a huge project that we're going to continue working on. And it's, it's something that we're always talking about. It's something that we have to constantly think of when we're talking to customers or prospects or doing messaging. So there's a lot to it. I think that's a really interesting project. So if you guys want to know about that, definitely reach out. I'll leave my LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So with that, let's move on to the next project. This one I also mentioned in the 100th episode, and that is I encouraged one of the co-founders to show up on LinkedIn every single day. And for the first three, four months, we actually got no leads. And we're like, oh my gosh, you know, like that's what we thought was going to happen. But we realized our target audience, one of the personas that we thought would raise their hand and say, hey, I need help, didn't because they're not active on LinkedIn. They have profiles, but they just don't have the time to engage. What we did see was that because we have so many products, we have so many partners and him showing up on LinkedIn every day actually served as a partner management, which is amazing because that can be a full-time position on its own. But instead, him showing up on LinkedIn actually led our partners to come to us with project ideas, collaboration ideas, and even referring customers to us. So that actually worked really, really well. And it was only last week that he got his first lead from LinkedIn. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is like an added bonus of something that we'd never thought would happen. This kind of reminds you of being patient in marketing, where something that didn't require a lot of his time actually benefited in so many ways. And I have kind of a process that I use so that it only takes him about 
I would say like an hour and a half per month for a full month's worth of content, which is very good. Knowing that, now I'm starting to advocate that more people at the company should be on LinkedIn every single day. There should be more of us being brand ambassadors on LinkedIn. Being present on LinkedIn is going to help us a lot in the long run. Now, I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but that's my prediction. And so I'll also definitely keep you posted on what happens there. So let's move on to the fourth project. And this is actually, actually, I wouldn't even call it a project. It's just an activity I did internally after three months of working at the company. And I recommend that you guys do this as well. And even more often, I think I'm going to do it more often. And at the end of every month, I do a marketing report on metrics, KPIs, milestones, what's been doing well, what hasn't been doing well. And after three months, I was like, you know what? I thought we would be a little bit further. And so I kind of reevaluated all the projects that I'm working on. And if you guys don't know, I always link everything back to the customer journey. So awareness, likeness, and purchase. A customer journey basically has those three components. They have to be aware that you exist, they have to like you, and then they will purchase you. I compared all my marketing activities against this customer journey. And I know that for this company, I need to help them get awareness. And when I did my evaluation, I realized that a lot of my activities were actually in the likeness phase. And I was like, whoa, I have to recalibrate. I definitely need to stop doing those projects and start working on more projects that are in the awareness phase. And so that's, that's what I'm working on now. But that was a super important activity I needed to do to see if I was aligned with my goals. That's something I recommend you guys doing as well. I will definitely put it in my notes to do a whole episode on that. But let me know if you have questions in the meantime. So moving on to the fifth project. Now this one's a huge one, but I'm going to try to keep it short. And that is that we're offering our own training We are resellers of solutions, of cybersecurity solutions. Most of the things that we sell, we do not own. It's not us that provides the solution. Most of them, except for a few of them. And so this is the first time that we are offering something from beginning to end. All It's all ours. It's all Assurance IT. And it's a training and it's a training. Now I won't talk about the training because it hasn't launched yet, but this training is the first of its kind. And you guys are like, well, how's that possible? And I'm like, yes, I know. It's very, very special because we very much have first movers advantage. We are the first people in the market to offer this kind of training. It's a very, very niche training with first movers advantage. It's kind of a double-edged sword because on one end, we are the first. We can become known as the experts in this training, which is amazing. But on the other side, not many people know about why they need this training yet. Like the education is not there yet. So part of this new project of mine is that I have to spend time educating, 
very much looking like the thought leader in this field. And then once I gain their trust, then they will purchase from us. Going back to that customer journey, right? The awareness is so minimal, people don't even know they need the training yet. That's the problem. Now, as time goes on in the next three to six months, more and more people will learn about it, which is good. And it also gives us time to create this content. So this is my strategy. Because we're, we have a first mover's advantage, I want to use a demand generation strategy. And that is people come to us. We are the number one source for this topic. I want to focus on SEO, so blogs, and video content, specifically on YouTube. Those are the two channels I want to use so that we become the thought leaders in this field. And what I have to in my advantage is a subject matter expert on the team to help me with this content. So it's super amazing because I don't have to know the topic inside out. I just have to provide the strategy, the outlines, and take care of email marketing and ads. So this is super exciting and it's going to unfold over the next six months and I'll definitely keep you posted on what's going on. That one's very exciting because it's very weird that you have first movers advantage as a marketer. It's very rare. So that's very exciting. So let's move on to the sixth project. And this is something that I'm actually not working on really, but I recommended to upper management that in our daily operations, we should have standard operating procedures. They're basically documents or videos that, that basically tell you how to do something. So for example, how do you write a blog? Well, you would create a standard operating procedure. So an SOP, a document saying, okay, this is how you write a blog. And that way, anybody in the company can access it and write a blog. So they already had these for like the tech side and the cybersecurity stuff, but they didn't really have this for the operations. Now, the reason I'm bringing up this project to you is because as a marketer, you also have to keep an eye on the business. You also want to be optimizing the business side, the operations, the sales, especially if you want to move up in to like a CMO, VP of marketing you have to understand the business side of things. And SOPs, that's just part of the business side. Budgeting is another example, um, even culture. So if you have ideas on how to bring the team together, bring it up. If you have ideas on how to help sales, bring it up. It's technically not what you're there to do, but trust me, it really makes everybody pay attention to what you have to say because it shows that you're not just thinking about the marketing and the likes and the clicks and the stuff like that. You're thinking about how the marketing fits in the whole business and how the whole business can improve. You're really showing them the impact that you're having on the business as a whole. Although SOPs are not something that I'm working on every single day, it is now part of their operations. Definitely a little tip to help you advance your career. The final project that I am currently working on is email nurturing. They had no email nurturing 
before I started. And not every business needs email nurturing per se. If you have, you know, a low number of leads every month. However, with our new training that I was telling you about, we're expecting hundreds of people to sign up to this training. Well, you can't just tell them to sign up and then just them show up at the training. That's not how it works. You have to remind them. You have to provide them resources, give them extra information, tell them when the training is available, etc., etc., etc. So that is also something that I'm working on. Very, very new project, probably with, I probably started it this month. And we are using it to launch the training. So I don't have the results yet for you guys, but again, super exciting. So far, we sent out like two, three emails and we have a 20% open rate, which is great. So those are seven projects that I'm working on. And I just want to end this episode off with number one, definitely let me know if you have questions. I'll leave my LinkedIn profile in the show notes. And two, I was reminded about this lesson and that is no matter what marketing role that you're in, you're always going to be learning new things. It's inevitable. I have never been a director of marketing. Although I have built credentials and proven myself to the co-founders that I can do it, I have never done it before. That's true for every new role. You have never done that role for that company before. So I think we need to stay humble. We need to remind ourselves that we're still learning. We're always learning. And that allows us to be the best marketer as possible because we are allow ourselves to try different things and to change projects when we need to. So I hope you found this episode interesting. Let me know your favorite parts if you have any questions and uh, I'll catch you next time. Toodles. Now comes the fun part. Subscribe to the Marketing Bound podcast to catch every single episode and make sure to leave a review so we can take the show to the next level.